0: The epistle for this feast of St. Joseph the Worker is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brethren, have charity, which is the bond of perfection, and may the peace of Christ reign in your hearts. Unto that peace indeed you were called in one body. Show yourselves thankful. Whatever you do, in word or in work, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, work at it from the heart As for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Serve the Lord Christ. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel is taken from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, when Jesus had come to his own country, he began to teach them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, How did this man come by this wisdom and these miracles? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren, James and Joseph, and Simon and Jude, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Then where did he get all this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country and in his own house. And because of their unbelief, he did not work many miracles there. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. My dear faithful, our world today is infected with an intellectual poison called materialism. According to the philosophy of materialism, the only thing that exists are material things. There is, quite simply, no spiritual world. There is nothing spiritual in reality. And when materialism reduces all of reality because it is, it is a form of reductionism. It's taking the richness of the, the, the world outside of us and it reduces us it, to a bare minimum, namely material stuff. And when it does that, the impact of this philosophy on human beings is that it says that, that human beings, because there are only material things, human beings only have material purposes. The, the fulfillment of our life, the meaning of our life, Is only in the material world. There's no fulfillment for us in anything spiritual. So, for instance, communists who are atheistic materialists, they say that that your purpose, purpose of human beings, is to work. The sum total of all that you are supposed to accomplish in this life is to cause the greater perfection of matter through working. In like factories or collective farms just producing stuff and on the other hand for for the godless capitalist out there who might also be a materialist he would say to you that your purpose in life is to make money um, you are to go to work and you are to work for a company so the company can produce products which will then be sold to somebody and they will get a profit on that product and they will turn that profit around and be able to increase their share price that will make them more money and the cycle just continues like that forever and ever until in theory you take over all the resources of the world. This is the result of materialistic ideologies. They say the sum total of the purpose of human beings is just in material things. And as a result, the, all the richness of our human condition, um, our families, our love and our fear, our shame and our exaltation, our aspirations are, and our sadness, our craving for the eternal, our appreciation of things like music and art, all of these things in their mind are utterly meaningless and useless they would say to us forget about these things these are just random firings of your brain forget about them and just work that's all that you're made for now to have this mentality and to live according to this mentality is a very great sin because of the fact that it takes the creature made by god for an eternal purpose, us human beings, we, we are made for the highest purpose possible, a spiritual purpose. We're made to enjoy the vision of God for all eternity, eternal glory. And it takes that, that those huge aspirations for which we are made and it, which alone give us meaning, which alone can satisfy our heart, and it cranks us down to a little tiny, meaningless or very little meaning, uh, meaningful existence as human beings. It reduces us to a clump of matter that works like a machine. And this is what it really means to fall into mortal sin. Whenever you or anybody falls into mortal sin, what happens is we're taking the, what God has made us for and we're saying, no, I'm not wanting to direct myself towards that purpose but I'm going to direct myself to something much lower, something on this earth, something merely created, something material, whether it be pleasure, fame, money, whatever it may be. Now, to do this, as I say, is, is very wicked, but it's, we have difficulty understanding how wicked this is, um, to take our human person... And to direct ourselves to something less than God that that is the nature of mortal sin But we have difficulty recognizing how bad it is. I just want to give a little parable to try to Illustrate what it's like say you have a guy named Bob and I apologize anybody might be named Bob But say you have a guy named Bob and He loves cars and he especially loves Italian cars and He's looked at all the Italian cars out there and he really likes the Lamborghini Aventador, this car that's named after a famous bull that was very good in in these uh, bullfighting contests. So he wants to acquire for himself a Lamborghini Aventador and he has a great job. So he works for 20 years until he's in a position finally to slap down half a million dollars to buy this wonderful car and he has the car delivered to his garage. This car is capable of attaining 60 miles per hour in three seconds and 100 miles per hour in six and a half seconds. It's designed specifically for a purpose, and that purpose is to get a person down the road with all the power, grace, and speed possible for human technology for a car. And of course, the, the Lamborghini owners, they've, they spent decades developing this technology, refining this technology down to the very last detail. They know every single detail of that car and directed it towards this incredible accomplishment of driving a Lamborghini. So when we go to visit Bob, we say, wow, you've got this incredible car. Um, Let's take it for a spin. Bob says to us, no, no, I'm not ever going to drive this car. I did not buy. The Lamborghini to drive it down the road. I, I bought it for two things. One thing is what I do very, every single day. I get in the car and I fire it up and I rev the engine. I just love the sound of the engine. So that's what I do for, for a couple hours a day. And also, I love those famous scissor doors. You know, the doors that just come up and then go down. I just open those doors and I close those doors and I get in the car and I get out of the car. That's what I do with. My Lamborghini, but I'm not ever going to drive it." Now anyone in the in their right minds who looked upon such a situation would rightly consider it an abomination. They would see the beauty of the car. They could see all that the car could attain, the greatness of the car driving down the road, the, the beauty of the sight, and realize that that would never happen. We think about the owners of the Lamborghini company, the, the designers of the car, they would consider all the effort that they put into making the car and how much they would lament that, that Bob would actually never use the car for its intended purpose. That, that Bob was taking their great creation and reducing it to something far less than what it was meant to attain and what it was capable of attaining. People looking on this situation would be right to see Bob as a very foolish and wasteful man. But but also, even to see what he was doing as being wicked. It's just wrong. It's just wrong to do that. Now, something similar, as they say, happens in life when we take a human being and reduce the human being to merely pursuing material purposes. Now, there's a lot more that's gone into you than what's gone into making a Lamborghini. You have an immortal soul that comes from the creator of the universe. You have the capability of having the grace of God in your soul, such that you're capable of performing supernatural works that will merit you an eternal reward, that will remer- merit you eternal glory, to be, have a vision of God forever and ever. And to, to take that, to take our human condition, and to say, well, as the communists do, as the communists have done to hundreds of millions of people in the past century, to take these countries like, like China or Russia and to have all the people in that country to say to them, no, what we are going to give to you as the meaning of your existence is to work at a collective farm, or work in the gulag, or work at a a factory, and the sum total of your existence is to produce stuff, to labor for the state. That is the sum total of your existence. To do this is a horrible abomination. The communists even made a, a secular holiday to enshrine in the minds of the people the glory of their idea of human existence. They chose May the 1st as their Communist Workers' Day, a day when they would celebrate this conception that they had incarnated in their states of humans merely working as the sum total of their purpose. It was in response to this that that Pope Pius XII instituted the feast that we celebrate today, the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Um, So the communists are proposing this ideal of atheistic work where all you do is work for work's sake but not for any higher purpose you work just to transform matter that's all you do and he in the pope says to himself i want to propose for for people the true ideal of work the catholic ideal of work and i need a model to give to them whom they can look to and whom they can imitate who will i choose for this model and, of course, the, the mind of the Pope naturally turned to St. Joseph. St. Joseph, who in, in the Gospel today is, is mentioned as being a carpenter. And when we think of St. Joseph as, as Catholics, we, we visualize him in his workshop as a carpenter laboring and with our Lord at his side. And so we, we, it's impossible for us to think of St. Joseph working and divorce from our idea of work the, the concept of, of having God in mind in what we do. Uh, uh, it's, it's impossible for us to, to look at St. Joseph and think that, that he's working for anything less than the glory of God, than a supernatural purpose. And this is, this is what makes St. Joseph an ideal model for us because that is what we are meant to do. You know that we, we are meant to work that is part of our human condition. In other words, God made human beings, one of the things he made us to do is to work. That's part of the plan for us. We see this in in the book of Genesis when when God puts Adam into the garden. Before Adam and Eve commit their sin, God already commissions Adam with a job. He gives him a job, a career path. He says, you're gonna be a gardener, you're gonna attend. The Garden of Eden. That's going to be your job. So he's meant to work. And we see in in uh, the St. Paul's Epistle to the Thessalonians how much he condemns people who refuse to work. He he says to the Thessalonians, "Look, if this if if the people around you won't work, if the people in the community won't work, well, don't let them come to the to the potluck either. Don't let them eat. If they don't work, they can't eat. That's the rule. You got to work. It's part of our human condition." So how are we meant to work? If this is part of a human condition, how are we meant to work? Quite simply, we must work, whatever work we do in your state of life, in my state of life, we must work with our ultimate goal in mind. We must work for a supernatural purpose. We must use work as a means to draw closer to our Lord, draw closer to our heavenly goal. Bottom line, we must work with virtue. We must be virtuous when we work. So mothers in the home who have so many things to do in taking care of, the, of their home and their children, they must seek to be patient and loving in in taking care of their children in their house, even though they may be burdened with so many clas- uh, tasks as, they, as they're going through their daily grind of, of Cleaning, cooking, doing laundry, transporting their children to and from school, all the, the worries that burden them. They must seek to do all these things for a supernatural goal, to gain supernatural merit. Fathers working outside the home, they have to seek to, to sanctify themselves in their work. When they, when they step outside of the home and they, and they go to their job, and they're in the midst of all these workers who have perhaps no notion of God, they, they must seek to be godly. They must seek Christ in their work. They must try to use the proper language, not fall into the vulgarity of those around them. They must be strong in their principles. They must be men of, uh, of background, of, of interi- integrity, yet at the same time charitable and prudent in, in how they interact with those around them. They must seek to edify, but um, not to turn people off from the faith. They should be especially dutiful, honest, just, and conscientious in doing their work. People really notice these things, they, they know that there must be something that's motivating this behavior that's beyond the normal, and there is. That is that this man here who's working in this job, he's conscious of the reason for which God made him. He understands that he's made for a transcendent goal. That he's made for heaven something beyond this earth and therefore as a result he works when he works when he does manipulates material things he's looking for a supernatural goal I just want to leave you with the example of a modern saint Um, so we we not only think of of st. Joseph in his workshop which is perhaps a bit remote from our 21st century world but also a modern saint who li- who worked a job that, that would be similar to what we do today, so that we can see how having a deep spiritual life, having your supernatural goal in mind can transform the way you work and the meaning of your work i 'm thinking about the Irish alcoholic Matt Talbot, so you know that, that Matt Talbot had a uh, extreme drinking problem but at a certain point, he converted, and after he converted, he started to live a very austere life he didn 't sleep much, maybe like four or five hours a night um, he He went to work and then afterwards, he was belonging to so many spiritual associations. he often go to meetings um, then he would he would read late into the night he loved spiritual reading, so he 'd read hours every single night, late into the night but one of the things that was remarkable about him is that he was a model worker. He worked in a lumber yard in Dublin. And one of his um, foremen who was over him, he said that he was the best worker in Dublin, that Matt Talbot was the best worker in Dublin. And uh, Matt Talbot was, was not just a, a hard worker, he was not just sort of a, a drone who was there cranking out work, but he had a very good spirit in his work. He was very joyful. He was a quiet man. He didn't say a lot, but he was very joyful. Um, His fellow workers said of him, Matt smiled at everything except a dirty joke. And he was extremely charitable to the the other workers. He was very generous. If he saw uh, a man who was having trouble make ends meet, he would lend him money discreetly so that the, the man could buy clothes or shoes for his children or pay overdue rent. So as I say, because he did all these things because he had a deep spiritual life, and he wanted to supernaturalize everything that he did, and he found a way to supernaturalize his work, his daily grind. This, my dear faithful, is what we must do. Uh, This is what this feast day asks us to do. Let us try to imitate St. Joseph. We, We do have a lot of work to do in this life. It's, it's part of our state of life. We will we have to labor um, till, till the end, till the end of our life. So we have many opportunities of earning a, a supernatural world reward. Whatever we do, in word or in work, let us do all for our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.